Hello and welcome to another episode of the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski and thank you for joining me. We are brought to you by PunishersPB.com and the very cool thing about PunishersPB.com is they sell all kinds of stuff. You can find anything you want from uh, markers to knee pads to maybe eventually pack bands who knows but uh, but you can get all kinds of stuff over at punisherspb.com uh, the thing that they have going on right now is a spire program where you can trade in your old abused and used loader send them a couple pictures and uh, that will credit to a brand new spire 3 um, Maybe not Aspire 3. I think it is Aspire 3, actually. Yeah, Aspire 3. Uh, and and that uh, that whole program is going on right now as we speak. And if you type in the promo code TPOP, you will get free shipping on all your orders. So I think that's pretty cool. So thank you to Punishers PB. We're also brought to you by Charm City Paintball. You guys have heard him before, and hopefully you have seen his work uh, on the foreheads of not only uh, pros around the league, but uh, but there's a bunch of people down in Florida that uh, that uses stuff. I know Rocky just bought a bunch of his headbands and is and is rocking a bunch of them. I am rocking a Charm City headband on my pack as a pack band right now. Uh, he also makes the pack bands specifically for the pack bands. Um, but I I saw this one. It was an American flag. Uh, everything was sti- stars were stitched in, stripes were stitched in, and I thought it was very very sweet. Um, one day I'll I'll throw up a more detailed picture of it or a video or something like that, and uh, and you guys can check it out. But it's it's awesome. He does great work. Uh, you can check him out on Instagram, Charm City Paintball, or on the Facebooks uh, over at Charm City Paintball. Give him a shout. Let him know that Carl from the Playing on Podcast sent you over so thank you mike over at charm city we are also brought to you by carbon paintball who makes the very very sweet base layers that uh, that i use for my old knees and uh, and elbows and everything so whenever i'm throwing those those nasty joints into the dirt they are uh, they're being they're being cupped and very subtly absorbing the ground and I don't know. I don't know why I said that because I slam my body into the ground. <laughs> but um, but these make it a whole hell of a lot better. Uh, I'll tell you what. I was I was a little skeptical. To be honest, I was a little skeptical at first with uh, the thinness of the foam. But it's so dense that it, it absorbs the impact so quickly. And, and, and so uh, just the majority of the impact is all absorbed in that knee pad and they don't slide around. Same thing with the elbow pads. They don't slide around. They don't do anything like that. And uh, and that's what I love about them. And they keep you cool and it, it's they, they fit great. So I'm kind of a normal size guy. So I fit into a large um, and everything. And it, you want it semi somewhat compressing. It's it's everything's like kind of a compression-y fit. Um, so when you're looking to actually get into a pair of the tops or bottoms, make sure you keep that in mind. But uh, Carbon also makes all kinds of gear, whether it be the uh, the, the pump-up packs that they have, the the SC packs, or they also have a CC line that does not have the little um, in the back. But from packs to pants to gloves. Uh, to the thermal pods now that change color when they start to get too hot so you can change those bitches out so you have fresh paint all the time in your pack uh, they 
are the ones that uh, that have those. So you can check them out, carbonpaintball.com, or give me a shout, Carl at carbonpaintball.com, and let's talk about it. Also, if you use the promo code capital TPOP, you will get 10%, yeah, 10% off uh, your entire order. So that's pretty cool. And if you guys have any inquiries about you know um, sponsorship in any way, shoot me a message. We'll hook you up. We'll get you going. We'll get you in that orange sea for sure. So thank you to Carbon PayPal. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Planet Eclipse, the makers of the CS2, which is so hot right now. It's it's so hot right now, guys. And uh, the Etha mechanical, which they're going all over the place into the fields and into the rental fields um and it's it's amazing they're, they're changing the game with that etha i'm telling you man if you have not shot one yet please do it's got a single trigger hinge and it's so smooth it's ball and ball i mean i shoot those in the mechanical tournaments that i play in it makes paintball fun i mean it's not that paintball is not fun with the with the electric markers but holy shit man it, there's something so satisfying and i was talking to thomas kim in this there's something so satisfying about shooting somebody with a mechanical marker and just seeing it uh just knowing that you pulled the trigger and that one just goes out and just goes, and just you can see it break it's it's a great thing it's great but um but anyway make sure you guys check out planeteclipse.com for all of their latest gear news and tech and that's all the sponsorship talk that I have for you. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. This one is with Thomas Kim from Sacramento DMG, the new and upcoming team. Uh, these guys are young and hungry and are very, very determined to make a Sunday. Uh, actually, not only to make a Sunday, but they want to win uh, just as much as anybody out there. But, uh, but these guys are definitely taking ground. And Thomas Kim is one of those reasons of why they're doing that. So I had a great conversation with him. I had a great, great time. And uh, I really wish him the best. But without further ado, here is the podcast with Thomas Kim. Check it out. So where, uh, where are you from? I'm originally from uh, Spokane, Washington. That's actually where I'm located right now. Um, born and raised here. So it's a pretty small town. It's actually funny because it's similar to Sacramento where I live now. Oh, really? Yeah, the, um, like the infrastructure of uh, the city is pretty much the same, just on a larger scale. So Spokane has like a river running through downtown and Sacramento is the exact same way. There's a river running. Uh, through downtown, which kind of like the it's famous for um, the bridge out there in Sacramento. So yeah, kind of makes pretty it feel homey like home vibe. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to live in uh, I used to live in Tacoma, Washington. Oh, for, cool! Hell yeah! Yeah, it was like for man, it was like a year I was there, but I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, that whole west side of uh, Washington's gorgeous, gorgeous, especially on a sunny day. Yeah, I mean it gets a lot of better up for like. People say it's rains all the time. Like it does rain, he, like here and there. But, dude, the scenery is to die for. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's kind of like a it's almost tropical feeling, is how I kind of describe it. Just a little colder. Yeah, I didn't know that they had, and I didn't know this when I lived there. But I think I think it's Washington has the 
the United States is only natural like rainforest place. Is I think what I heard. Well, I used to live think- in Minnesota, and a friend of mine was from Washington, and he went out there and took pictures, and I was like, holy shit, how did I not know about this? Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's funny you mention that, because I think I heard that this year, too, and I think that's kind of where uh, that fact came into my head, was um, pretty much like the the Rockies over there mm-hmm. are, it's insane. It has a lot of the, uh, the same feels when you, a lot of people go backpacking in Canada. Yeah. It's, since it's so close, it's pretty much the same thing, and the scenery is uh, epic, to say the least. Oh. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's one thing. One thing I wish I would have, uh, you know, took a little bit of time more in doing is I played a lot of paintball when I was younger. But I wish I would have actually like taken some time to go actually see some things while I'm at all these different locations and you know took out a few extra days while I wasn't mm-hmm. working. I think the perfect time probably when I was playing for Avalanche and actually getting a paycheck just to play paintball. So that's all I had to do. Like I'm gonna just gonna take a bunch of vacations, but I was you know young and dumb yeah i mean that's like the that's actually something i'm um, preaching to my guys right now uh tim brusselback he he's one of the guys that uh, has been traveling around europe and stuff with um i think uh, kiev united yeah. in semi-pro and he, he cuts his trip so short i'm like you flew in thursday and you leave like monday morning i'm like man you're not you're in these other countries and you're not even spending like a day you gotta like enjoy what you're doing right now you know there's so much to see in this world Oh yeah, man. I've I've never been to Europe. I've always wanted to go. What? Never, yeah, never been, dude. Damn, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I've been to Australia though. Australia is pretty sweet. Yeah, Australia is uh, up up on the list for me. I I go there frequently. It's a gorgeous place with amazing people. What parts you go to? I'm guessing Sydney. Uh, I went to Sydney one year, and then the uh, the following year I went to Perth. Oh, okay, cool. That's actually where the team I play with is based out of. Really. Yeah, yeah, Perth Torque, and they're on the come up. They're a bunch of young guys, hungry, so it'll be a interesting time. They actually want me to do a clinic over there. I think this last one, so. Oh, sweet. Check it out. Yeah, man, get it out while. You... Well, how how old are you? Uh, I'm actually 23. So nice. Baby. Relatively young. <laughs> you got a you got a bunch of time, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I mean, yeah. those are those are the years that you really take advantage of of everything that you have on your plate mm-hmm. pretty much and it's better you know being a professional paintball player a new professional paintball player um which is awesome to see dude i love i love seeing new teams come up and i love seeing i think what i like seeing more is something like what dmg has it's, it's like it's it seems like you guys have a real core and have, and mm-hmm. it looks like you guys have been play- i don't know i'm not going to act like i know a lot about your guys's background but just from yeah. from my visual perspective it seems that you guys have a lot of chemistry and that, like you guys have played together for a while and it just it ha- you have that flow to it you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah 100 percent. um and that's kind of like i think that's like one of the epitome of why we're successful um definitely a big variable and uh why we are but it's it's funny because we all actually live within an hour hour and a half of each other so that's kind of like the the root of um, why we have so much chemistry is we actually all see each other almost weekly um, and we practice almost every weekend as well Saturday Sunday um, you know some people can make certain weekends some people can't yeah. um, but it's um, it's funny because Joe Barrett um, I'm sure you know him he actually <laughs> yeah. 
mentioned. He's, he's Joe Barrett's a goofball, dude. I don't know him. I don't know him on like on a real personal level, but like mm-hmm. I can just tell. Like I know him by like first name basis, but I can just tell that he is probably a goofy drunk, and <laughs> you get some fruit in him, and he gets crazy. Yeah, he uh, Joey Barefoot or Joe Brony, like what uh, DMG likes to call him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny cause, um, he, he's a lot, he's got a lot of experience and everything and mm-hmm. he's a very intelligent, smart player, but ever since he joined our team, it, we've been nothing but smiles. Like he's a, he's sometimes he's the butt of the joke. Sometimes he's the creator of the joke, you know, but yeah, he's a, he's definitely a positive guy and he's a good person to have around. He reminds me a lot of this kid that I used to play with on uh, Aftershock was Kirk Wozny. He was like, when when we needed to be serious, he was serious. And then when it came down to, you know, just goofing off, like he was always the, he was always around. He was always making people laugh. He was always just, is mm-hmm. <laughs> he was, he's good to have somebody like that is so crucial. I feel to a team because I feel like if you have a team full of guys that are nothing but serious, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make it fun. It, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it like you want to go back to that every single time because it be, that it starts becoming just, a lull you're just getting this lull but if you have like a good time every single time you go and play it makes it 10 times better 100 percent. and that's you hit a nail on the head that's exactly what he is you know like yeah. he uh he sometimes yeah like i said he'll be most of the time he's the butt of the joke so <laughs> we make fun of him a lot but he uh he's got thick skin and he knows it's all out of love so it's a good time <laughs> so how did you but, guys pick him up um how to go down so so we've actually known him um so before i joined the semi-pro team and now pro team um the core of the roster knew him through paintball for a couple of years um so he's always been a really good friend of majority of the players and over time he's kind of um talked more to more of everyone on the roster um yeah and and we all talked pretty regularly even when he was living in new york um and playing with extreme and then he made the move to Damage. down south to play for damage yeah. um i think he played a year on semi-pro or half a year and then jumped up to their pro team um and pretty much he had some uh i think some life stuff come on and he was kind of looking for a change he's always wanted to live out in the west coast and uh we it happened to be a perfect timing where we had our roster brought down to seven we uh mark speaks had uh to take i think leave just for work and everything in life um he wasn't fully able to commit as much time as we were needing from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we got down from eight to seven. So I think right right then was pretty much the perfect time for Joe to find his his new path for um, how he explains it. And uh, so he just kind of gave us a call and a couple a couple phone calls with him just talking about, um, you know, we're not, we're, not, we're, not a, we're not a camp that just flies players in or picks players up. Um, pretty much no matter the name kind of thing, we, uh, DMG and Dave, uh, Capital Edge Paintball Park strives for the family feel and the, the full camp feel from division five beginner to pro. Um, uh, mm-hmm. we, we preach a lot of promote from within, promote from within and bring everyone up and learn together and become a family and, you know, get everyone to the level. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we talked to him about that, had a couple hour phone calls with him and explained to him, uh, you're going to have to, you know, first steps move here. You know, that's uh, 90% of the battle because, uh, you know, you got to live here and be able to play with us because that's our formula. Um, so 
once he did that, it was work your way up the system. He he played on our semi-pro team for an event or two, and uh, he was the best player out of our, our pool to pull from to get us to number eight, uh, which is almost the perfect number, I think, for a roster. I agree. Uh, so, and then it kind of all just fell into place, and he's he's such a good friend that it all just made sense. The chemistry flows. He seems like a really solid teammate uh, as far as yes. not just being crucial on the field and, and coming through, but um, but he seems like somebody who wouldn't be – he'd pick you up if you're down. You know what I mean? Uh, Hundred percent. He's yeah. probably the most one of the most positive guys I know. Yeah. Easily. That's a good flaw. Oh yeah, especially with <laughs> all the other characters on our team. <laughs> it all makes sense. So, uh, so let's kind of go back into your beginning. Um, you know, when you were living in Washington, where did where did paintball come into your life? Um. Hmm. So it's actually a talking to my brother about this recently because he actually reminded me that uh i actually thought that it was something that we kind of just uh fell into my memory is not the greatest but um i started talking to him about it and he was actually the reason why i got into paintball which like everyone else's story is a birthday party going out paintballing i'm sure 99 <laughs> percent of everyone has played paintball that's about yeah that's about what it is that's that's what it's been yeah, yeah. I'm sure you have like a running statistic going right now. <laughs> it's, it's about 98%, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, originally he, uh, I think it was his like 12th or 13th birthday, and I was probably 9-ish, 10-ish, which is a similar age for most people, whether, I don't know if that's like when everyone is legally allowed to play or not, but. I think it's, uh, I think it's 10 years old. Okay, that makes sense why I hear that number more often than not. Yeah, which man to me is crazy though because I didn't start, I didn't discover paintball until I was like, fifteen, sixteen. Oh and, wow! Yeah, and really didn't start competing, um, at not even competing at all probably until I was like, early late sixteen, early seventeen. Okay, so that's like prime, like beginning of athlete stages. Yeah, which is super late compared to you being, <laughs> ten years old <laughs> discovering it. Yeah, yeah, which is it was kind of cool because uh, um, it. I don't think if I discovered it that young, I, I don't know if I'd be where I am now. Um, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily like play competitively at that age, but um, it was more like, like we'd go out for the birthday, you know, once or twice a year. Uh, it started as like my brother's birthday, and then you know he was the older brother, so it was always a, uh, you know, older brother's team versus a couple other guys and then younger brother, you know. Oh yeah. Um, so that was always a good time, you know, him, they're always beating me. I don't know if I shot anyone every time I went on his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then I think that's what sparked it is the, the brotherly rivalry love kind of thing and always wanting to be better than your older brother. So, um, pretty much, I think, yeah, I think that's what sparked it. And then I kind of just rolled with it. I think over the years I, uh, I didn't start playing competitively until 2010, I believe. Um, so I was, I think I was roughly 15, if I remember right. Um, so that's when I started actually playing speedball, which isn't too long ago. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah, I think 2010, and then I took a couple years off. I, I started playing in the Northwest um, with this team called Code Blue, and 
we played a couple what what, what year did you actually live in uh, tacoma uh this was 2000 i want to say five uh, okay there. okay so yeah. i was relatively relatively young <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit yeah yeah i think i was like uh 12 or something like that so <laughs> Um, but there's this uh, series, uh, I think uh, WCPS uh, up in the Northwest, and me and uh, Code Blue, we actually played that series for a year or two. I think 2011 or 2010 to 2012-ish. Um, we did pretty well. We won, uh, I think, one or two series, and then uh, won a whole bunch of whole bunch of medals. And to me, that's like the that team was the epitome of the chemistry and how I understood how. Um, paintball is supposed to be played just mm-hmm. on a simpler scale because um, everyone's everyone's so it was the same kind of formula now where everyone lives together but um, we were making moves and we didn't necessarily have to talk to each other at all it was more like hey kill this you know hey we lost that guy and then players would just make moves and they'd tell another player would see him make a move and counter with him kind of thing yeah. which is really cool um, and making moves I'm, based off of what is being relayed on the field not necessarily you know this guy talking to this guy, but let's say, you know, you're the front player and you just hear kill this guy automatically, you know, that you now have a free run to, you know, D three, D four, whatever. And yeah, the guy behind you follows suit. Exactly. Exactly. And for uh, a D four, D three team, um, to be at that level and to understand that, like then was, was kind of cool, which I, I don't even think I fully understood then. Cause I was so, so young and clueless i was just following the heart you know it was mm-hmm. just i love paintball i want to do this and i'm just chasing this i want that gold medal kind of thing but um to look back now is really cool to cool to understand that perspective and to still talk to all those guys is a cool thing to kind of translate to you know my viewpoint now yeah which absolutely. is awesome what um what teams or or player did you did you kind of follow when you were coming up in the sport oh um uh, I want to say Iron Man. When I was first coming into the sport, I was a big fan of the of Die, and uh, I think the DM9 was like my favorite gun out at the time. Mm. Um, and I'd have to I'd have to say Ollie at the time, um, but that's kind of like the I feel like the the most common answer too, because that was kind of that era too where Ollie was you know he's the goat. So yeah, um, and he got the paycheck, which was kind of another thing that kind of took caught eye for me and even a lot of my friends that didn't play paintball when I would talk to them about it, like, Oh man, this guy got X amount of dollars for this. That's crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I don't think I watched too much paintball, um, in the beginning, beginning, but, um, him and I remember right when I started playing more competitively, I was, uh, watching heat and Nick Sloviak was one of the, one of the guys I kind of liked the way he played and how, cl- how clutch he was, which was, pretty cool um and i actually hit him up one time and did a uh a senior paper i can't remember what i wrote about but it was something about paintball and i I had to like pick a mentor so i kind of emailed him about it and just had a couple questions and stuff just wrote about how hairy he is (laughs) that's funny i'm like the same boat i got the the white the white side of my family i got hair chest back everywhere so very very uncommon for an asian but you know (laughs) uh working on that beard but getting there getting there yeah. yeah, yeah, it's funny too because it, um, that's one thing that I first noticed when uh, w- was hair. It's it's weird, kind of describing it, but that's the first thing I noticed when I 
watched you guys play was how many guys had the same color and style of hair. I think it's like three of you guys at least have straight shoulder length black hair, <laughs> like super straight. And oh, yeah. uh, and I think it was maybe it wasn't last event because I wasn't at that event, but maybe oh where was it? But uh, um, Shane Howe was wearing a wig, like he had a bunch oh, of guys. Oh Vegas, like, uh, yeah, Vegas, yeah, it's, it was pretty good. Oh man, that was a uh, that was a fun a fun kind of like uh, keeping the keeping the the whatever the nerves cool right. idea that Shane brought out. They uh, ordered some wigs, and it was funny because I don't even think half of us knew they were doing it, but. Um, <laughs> It's it's kind of like a style we preach. At least the the three of us are, you know, if we look as close as we can to each other, and you know, we all have relatively the same hair, same same length, and everything. Sometimes players don't know who's who, which mm-hmm. is a cool thing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's some kind of little trend that started in the Northwest back where we had a, a old old teammate on the team, and it kind of just stuck. And now. Now I keep asking people like, man, this this heat's like 110 out. I just want to cut my hair. Like, no, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> it's, it's a signature. I was like, ah, but soon, soon I'm gonna cut it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's well, it's it, what it's funny that you mentioned because I was thinking about that today. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, um, you know, having multiple guys kind of look the same, <laughs> and even not necessarily even talking about the hair, but just goggles, goggle color, um, you know, headgear, and. Uh, maybe maybe not so much style, but but just those simple things to where if you're playing against somebody or if you look down, uh, you know, down the other side of the field, you have a hard time really trying to figure out who you're playing against. And it's what's funny is like back in the mid 2000s, maybe even mid to late 2000s, like there were so many people out there that are trying were trying to be different, that were trying mm-hmm. to have their own set style and. You know, not necessarily necessarily bright colors, but this guy wore, you know, a sandana with two headbands. This guy wore um, a beanie, but his goggles were super bright or something like that. But now, even Bruno talks about it. He goes, everybody needs to wear the same damn thing because they're not going to know who they're playing against. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, I, I kind of like having them know, like, I'm going to be going this. He goes, what? They're going to shoot at you. I was like, that's fine. Like, that's the whole point. Like, that's, what's, that's what makes it mm. fun. But I look at the game differently anyway, so it's like a lot of what people are doing now, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it, at, at times I feel like a lot of the players who came up kind of in your era and everything don't really mm-hmm. know what it was like in the, the early 2000s with the, the, the seven man and the uncapped uh, semi-auto and how this kind of transitioned into what we are. Like, I understand their whole idea of wanting to do that. And I know I'm probably beating a dead horse whenever I bring this shit up on the podcast, but it's like, um, you know, it's, it's being in control of your marker and having like, there's something so different about when you like, when you shoot somebody or you take a couple snapshots and Mm -hmm. it's not the gun doing it. It's, it's you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's playing a mechanical tournament and shooting somebody. It's like I feel like you get more gratification out of it than you do, you know, having the gun just shoot a rope and then you eventually shoot the guy's pack and you're like, oh, yeah, all right, well, that worked. And then you just like you're shooting through your bunker as you change hands and everything. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of silly. Gotcha, gotcha. What's your opinion on that? I mean, do you, have you played any other kind of format that you prefer rather than what you're playing now? Or um i i wouldn't say prefer i i think the nxl is doing I, th- I like the current format right now um just the whole setup with the bps and everything and how the field set up um but i did i was able to play 
Tim Montressor's 10-man open down in uh, Los Angeles. And we actually won that one. That was the first time I played a tournament with uh, pretty much an auto caca, but it was like mechanical only. Mm-hmm. And so I fully agree because shooting someone with an auto cocker in the woods or even not even in the woods, we played on some uh, uh, like terrain kind of um, yeah. field. It's amazing. It's a whole different feeling. Than <laughs> it is, isn't it? Shooting an electro where you're just sitting there controlling a the lane and you're, you know, you're playing that chest in your head. But shooting with the mechanicals, like, man, I sniped that guy. Like, I really had a good shot and, you know, I, I really timed it up and lined it up. But mm. so it'd be cool to see if they could, you know, like the UWL, like, I don't know too much about that. I was actually talking to my buddy London down in Florida and uh, he was asking if I played ever, ever played any of those. I was like, no, nah, but I really want to. So that's, that's an area kind of like I want to, I want to see what it's about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. it looks like a lot of fun so uh it's 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 so much fun it really takes me back to like playing seven man and and really being kind of in control and and if you know if somebody sucks at shooting left-handed like you can tell and you can really like take advantage of it instead of somebody like shooting one finger shooting down a lane left-handed but still yeah. being able to control and it's like you know it puts everybody on the same level when i feel like gun control and and gun fighting abilities not just with like snap shooting, but actually like having to pull the trigger physically. I think that I think that comes down to a, a player's physical attributes. If you can't mm-hmm. do it right, they should be, you know, it, they shouldn't be reprimanded or they they shouldn't be like put on a pedestal with everybody else on the on the same lane. But they were having issues of everybody gotcha. cheating back then, so like I, I can understand that. But I feel like the technology is so much better mm-hmm. to catch that and make the penalty, you know, something fucking like. You know, they're suspended two two tournaments. There's only five. So if you suspend them two tournaments, then that'll piss them off. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So I see you posting about the, like, the G-Mech. So would that, would that be where you would want to go? Is kind of like everyone uses like a G-Mech or something similar? See, or... It's, it's so weird because I don't see it happening. And as much as – I think there's always going to be like that, that novelty kind of like league – where all a lot of the older guys can play and, and do this whole thing, and I always think there's going to be a, a bigger pro league with kind of its own, uh, its own plan and its own you know format and everything. I don't know if it would ever get to that. Um, I mean, I'd like to see it. I I would like to see even shooting electronic markers, perfectly fine. But I, I think mm-hmm. they should cap it and take it back to semi, so the player actually has to learn how to shoot left-handed and hold a lane or snap shoot or something like that rather than the, rather than the ramping. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I think they should limit the paint. I I really, really think they should. And I don't think they should release the layouts until Thursday midday or Thursday night. And I think that'll bring out a lot more creativity in the players. I think there, I think there's a lot of creative players out there, but it's something Mm -hmm. there. There's something in seeing a move happen for the first time or, or I mean, you, I guarantee any paintball player and yourself included will be able to um, will be able to relate to this. Is pulling off a move that you just see that you haven't practiced 10, 20 times, and just how f- smooth and fluid it felt, and like how you kind of felt it in your gut of like you need to get up and go, kind of a thing. And it's just there's something about it, and there's something seeing it. I, I think that's what made Oliver one of the best in, in his era, you know. And I yeah. I have another thing about that too, like. I was listening to like a whole LeBron James thing and a Michael Jordan thing and this and that. I was like, well, this guy's the best of all time. And then this guy's the best of all time. I was like, how I think of it is that this guy was the best of his era. 
Mm-hmm. 100%. This, this guy's going to be the best of his era. Oliver was the best of his era. But now kids coming up and watching the game, they're not going to know who Oliver is. I mean, they nope. they might. They might hear his name. But now mm-hmm. it's, you know, impact guys. It's going to be guys like yourself who are coming up who are, who are young that younger players can relate to. And uh, you guys are the the influencers now, you know, on the on the paintball field, and that's that's why I think it's so crucial for um, for teams like DMG and, and and New York Extreme and Elevation and all those guys to really pick up the ball and 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 do something with it around your guys' area, you know. Yeah, I fully agree, and uh, it's it's an interesting fact is like. You're you're talking about the eras, and that's exactly what it is. There's kind of going to be like this changing of a torch. You know, I've, I've talked to like a lot of um, a lot of old you know pros about it and stuff. Um, and that's the cool thing is I feel like everyone around um, that new generation, I guess, that new era, whether they're 21, 18, or you know 30, but there's still that new generation coming in, be the new pros. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's got their head on the head on right where. Everyone wants to see paintball grow, and they understand that it needs to be a full community base, not not necessarily just all star, all star this, all star that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Pay me my money. It's more how do we make our area grow so then we can get better as a team because we have better players to play against around to prepare us for all these events and whatnot, um, which is a cool thing. But it is cool to see. Uh, the transition phase and the C because when I was playing in the semi-pro I scouted like every match um, to be prepared so it's really cool to see all the talent and to see like even division two guys and semi-pro guys what the possibilities in the next two or five or seven years will be and to me it, in my perspective it looks relatively uh, uh, promising I feel like just it's it's kind of like uh, since paintball is such a young sport that it could just be a whole um, I wouldn't say like flipping of a script, but it could be like the revision of a, of a book, uh, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, I feel like something needs to happen. I feel like, I feel like something needs to happen because, um, Matty Marshall told me, I remember when I first got on excessive, he told me, he says, he says, I'm, I'm jealous in ways of you because you know, you're getting in the time of the sport when they're going to start paying their players, which eventually I did. It wasn't until I got on Avalanche in 2007 when I got paid, and that was the only time I did. Um, mm-hmm. But but at the same time, like, I, I thought it was going to be way different, you know. And, and now I have to say to, to guys like yourself is, you know, I hope that when somebody gets to the level that you're at now, and maybe you in the next couple of years, I hope that with how much time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears that you put into the team and to this sport, that you can be, uh, you know, you can be paid for it. You know, because mm-hmm. this this takes up so much time. And what I don't want to happen, and what I feel like has kind of happened, is everybody's happy. And and don't take this the wrong way, but I mean, it's it's kind of a general thing. But I feel like when guys get to this level. They're they're kind of happy to be there. Not not saying like they're mm. so naive that they're happy to be there because I know you guys. I mean, everybody wants to win. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I think there comes a point where, you know, uh, you put all this time and effort in. There there has to be some kind of return. And and I mean, with all the tournaments that you play and how much practice and everything, there's 
I don't know if it's going to be like third-party sponsors coming in to be able to actually make a life change once you make pro. Because I feel like with paintball, gotcha. with paintball, there's no you're paying all this money and you do all this shit in semi-pro, just like in any other sport, any other sport that you want to do, because you're working up to your goal, right? You're working up mm-hmm. to your goal of doing something professionally, and if you do that at the pro level, there's always you're always reimbursed, not reimbursed, but uh, what's the word? Compensated. Compensated, yeah, mm-hmm. for that time and effort because you because you've done the work you put in. I mean, there's a lot of pro teams out there and and, and players. Well, I mean, twenty, but I mean that is a very select few of how many paintball players that are playing competitively. And just to just to go to all these events like everybody else is, and then if you if you win, uh, you get a very minuscule amount of money. I feel, and if you lose, mm-hmm. you just kind of back to the drawing board. But that's how it's always been. That's how it's always been. When I started playing, it's always back to the drawing board, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you work your way up. But there's got to be a time when we can get, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm really pushing for, is trying to sell the idea of the sport to be able to support guys like yourself when, when you've reached the top and there, there's something finally there. You know, and I and I really, really hope for it. And I, I'm so I'm kind of like rambling on this, but it's it means paintball means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I've I've grown up, it, it, dude, and it does. And you know, and I'm not going to be around for very much longer. And um, more than anything, is I want to see guys who have been in my position before, where I can tell you, like, yeah, I know, I know what it's like, man. I know what it's like to be young and hungry, and I need, mm-hmm. and you want to win. But there also comes a point where it's like. It has to be worth it, you know, because because it, there comes a point in time when you kind of look back and something happens in your, in your in your real life or or whatever, and you go, "Fuck, is this is this really what I want to do? I mean, am I gonna miss? Do I want to miss more birthdays and family gatherings and this and that and and put into this sport where I know I love it, I want to do it, I want to continue doing it, but is it is it worth it?" You know, am I going to go back? And I'm not saying getting paid millions of dollars. I mean, getting paid millions of dollars would be worth it. But oh, yeah. uh, but I, I would like to see guys make a living off of this and not just one or two teams because they have multi-million dollar owners because mm-hmm. the league is sponsored and, and, the, and the players are taken care of. And that's that's more of, of what I want to see is I want to see the paintball grow. Yeah, I want to see the league grow. But more than less, I want to see the professional players who break their bones literally and tear open their mm-hmm. skin you know from the field because these yeah. teams aren't giving us health insurance they're not they're not providing any well at least i don't think so but um, <laughs> but but we put our lives on the line every day because of a sport we love and i just i really hope someday that uh that i can see you guys getting paid for this thing sorry for the rant i just it, oh, no, it, I, paintball means a lot man it, it does i might I be 100 agree <laughs> I 100% agree because I've actually that's the, how this year's been going for me is um, um, the same the same perspective and or not necessarily perspective but the same thought uh, is kind of what I'm dealing with this year was I'm playing so many events and doing you know spreading myself really thin doing clinics and all this stuff which I love and I love to go to the sport love meeting new people and everything um, yeah. but I can't hold down a job really so it's it's you know I'm sacrificing. Uh, what a lot of people say are like your golden years to build a foundation for what you want to do and how you want to make money in the future, um, which is fully what I am fully 
accepting of and this is exactly what I want to do is play paintball forever until I can't walk anymore kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I fully agree with you where I think everyone should have at least a base minimum, um, kind of like uh, how other leagues have minimum contracts or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's enough to pay the bills, it's enough to get by, but it's enough to not just give money back to previous years you've invested, but to allow yourself to invest further years into the sport to help it grow, which is just the exponential growth uh, formula pretty much. Um, that's what I've always told is like some of my friends and other previous people uh, I've talked to before is if by the odd chance that I could offer or get an offer or anything like that or somehow get compensated with guns or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, money-wise, to me I've always been like any anytime I get that money is I'd want to just reinvest. I'd want to, you know, hire more speed trainers, hire a nutritionist, hire you know, a voice coach, stuff like that just to make myself better and yeah. be better at paintball, which isn't necessarily, you know, building in the future for myself uh, outside of life or outside of paintball and like normal life. Mm. Um, but I fully agree to where I don't know how it's going to work. Um, I don't know how people are going to. Yeah. I don't know the logistics. <laughs> yeah. But I, someone needs to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Well, and other sports have done it. I mean, I mean, yeah. look at, uh, look at the union, look at, look at, look at True. any union. It's like at some point in time, the workers and actually Oliver, Oliver wrote, um, I think, uh, from inside the net, just reposted something about the article that he, that he wrote. And in there, he actually talked about this very subject. And he was saying that, you know, it's, it's until the guys that this sport really means something to meaning, you know, all the pros Mm -hmm. until they stand up and and do something and say something, it's, it's going to be the same. It's nothing's going to change. And, and I thought the same thing. I was like, Unions. I mean, when the when the workers' union started, it was, you know, workers had enough. You know, they wanted a minimum wage. They were tired of the unsafe working conditions. They were tired of this and tired of that. And eventually, they said, "No, fuck you. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it." And I think that's where the players need to be. I'm not saying that the league is shit, and I'm not. I'm not bad talking mm-hmm. the league. There's there's good stuff that they do, and there's shit stuff that they do. Just I'm sure like it is in the NFL, NBA, NHL, whatever you whatever you want to talk about, but there has to be a point in time when the players stand up and say players and team owners and um, and say no, we're not we're not doing that. It's I can't imagine the amount of money that Rennick and other team owners have. I don't want to say wasted, but have invested mm-hmm. into this sport and haven't haven't had a return because the players themselves either got burnt out and had to retire and did this and that or just had plain out bad luck and i mean it's got to be devastating to have a three four five year run kind of a, of a up and down seasons where you don't see a return and i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. if anybody ever sees a return in the pro in the pro levels yeah i don't i mean maybe the top three percent maybe or yeah. top five percent uh but even then it's uh is it a return for, you know, just the time invested to you know, in the further years, or is it a return for previously invested time, which is a whole different uh, concept, I guess. But it's it's interesting because, you know, is, is does the money come from sponsors, or is it you know is it going to come from the league, which is a whole different thing? Because I feel like all the other sports are based kind of around uh, brand recognition kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, like what Dynasty and Infamous are doing right now, at least. Um, making money off of their brand like dynasty makes a ton of money off of the name dynasty 
right. um, stuff like that to where if, if maybe if we could get to that kind of a formula, um, that could be like the building blocks to, you know, build the brands and then, you know, outside sponsors come in. Uh, I'm not even sure though, but it, it would be, uh, I think that's like the next step. I think that's the next step for paintball to be in that next you know, public eye to where Joe Schmo on the street doesn't go, oh, you, what's, I didn't know you could do that professionally. Are you in the woods? You know, the first two questions you always get when you say, I am professional paintballer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows? And it, and it would be interesting to see if like a union kind of thing happened. But I always thought uh, if con- contracts were, or contracts were forced to be publicly known, that could change the game on uh, paid players. Because then it's like, oh, that player gets played this. Well, oh, we could go get that guy for, you know, 20 grand less or 10 grand less or whatever. And then that starts putting a market value on people. And then sponsors kind of want to give a little more money or whatnot. You know, maybe people go find outside money. I'm not really sure. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know even know if it's going to come from inside sponsorships. I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Well, and, and how I how I see it is like each bunker on the field is a NASCAR. Yep. You know what I mean? I mean the the player obviously has a focal point, but um, if we can if we can get this down and Go Sports can get it down to where I mean there's there's always a bunker on on you know in frame always always mm-hmm. and if we can get a big Nike logo or Adidas logo or Under Armour or this and that and let's say the league itself gets a million dollars just to you know throw some logos on bunkers from mm-hmm. one sponsor from one outside sponsor. Now imagine having five or 10 outside sponsors and you have multi, you know, let's say the 50 bunkers or the, or the back center bunkers have the biggest logos and fewer of them. And then they get more or whatever as you get foot. But mm-hmm. I mean, imagine 10, 10 sponsors with $10 million. That's, that's a lot of money. Change that, the game. that would change the game. And I feel like a lot of people would now they could put a lot more time into it. I feel like the gap between the, the bottom teams and the top teams would now start shrinking down. Mm-hmm. And because everybody's now, everybody's being able to take, you know what, um, you know, since I get, you know, 40 or 50,000 a year uh, for playing paintball and I don't have to go to work, I'm going to be able to work out Monday through Friday. I'm going to uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, or let, even even let's say, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, I drill at the field, and then Saturday, Sunday, the teams get together and we practice. Now, imagine you did that all the time. I mean, it, oh, yeah. would, it would be crazy if all the teams were able to do that, and then all the teams on the in the Midwest or the East Coast, they have, you know, they have great indoors to play at that were full size. Mm-hmm. They could play year round, just like the teams on the West Coast or in the South. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm 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 really not. Because I know I play for Aftershock and we're on the low end of the totem pole, but I know we have a lot of talent. And mm-hmm. I've I've been now on both sides. You know, I've been at the top and I've been at the bottom and I've been somewhere fucking in between. But um but I, I, I know that that can shrink if we were able to enable those players to be able to do that. hundred percent. I think it would also grow uh, you know, the bottom ninety percent too, because then it'd be kids would go, Oh, I could actually make this a job. Mom and dad, look at this. These players are you know, it's a career kind of thing. So then, you know, in turn, the industry would start getting more money, which would be cool too. So mm-hmm. it could go full circle like that, which would be awesome. Yeah, now it's just a big, the bigger companies. That's the thing is when you grow paintball, mm-hmm. the bigger the bigger companies are getting bigger. You know, it's not yeah. necessarily the NXL is getting bigger. And 
you know, I, I think the last thing we should do is point out the, the last 10 teams in the NXL and cut them out and say, you, you, everybody, you know, you guys suck. And you shouldn't. You're not allowed to play pro, so because you suck and go that way, it's like, well, mm-hmm. what the fuck? You know, none of us get paid. We we don't have any team owners that have multi million dollars. You know, we're we're trying to make, you know, we're trying to make work what, with what we have, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's not dedication. It's not that you know we we play when we can and we get out there when we can. It's definitely not as much as everybody else, but our dedication and heart I, is there for sure. We've just kind of had the shit end of things. But if if we had that same opportunity and that same chance, it would be totally different. And I just don't want them to be I've, – I've just heard rumors, and I just don't want the bottom teams to have their feet swept out from underneath them and mm-hmm. say, because you are in the bottom ten, everybody sucks, and you're all not playing pro anymore. You all, you're all cut. I just don't think that's the answer. Yeah, no, that sounds like it would just kind of kill paintball definitely in those areas. So – which is, sounds like a lot of negative, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I don't even yeah, I don't even know what's gonna happen, you know, next year or yeah, in, in the next five years. I, it's really tough to see. I mean, I I'd, I'd like to see Go Sports um, spread the word a lot more rather than to the people who already know about the sport. I'd, I'd really like mm-hmm. to try and see them do more advertising on Facebook and more advertising, um, you know, free Facebook streams or. Instagram streams or whatever it is, or find a stream, a free streaming platform for a couple days. And I'd like to see the league advertise more at all the venues. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'd like to see that money spent uh, in, in a little bit better fashion, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know what goes sports is spending money on. I understand that, that streaming is a very expensive thing, especially paintball because it's so fucking messy. But mm-hmm. um but I know there's I know there's ways I know there's other pro- platforms and other other ways to go about it. Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's like a five or ten year transition phase, whether whether they're looking at that or not. Um, just because I know a lot of old pros that does, don't necessarily believe in practicing even anymore. So maybe it's it's kind of that transition from that new generation, like we were talking about earlier, becoming those players that push for. Uh, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the union and everything to where it's like, no, we need this, this, and this mm-hmm. so we can actually be competitive exactly like you're saying, um, which would be an interesting fact. Yeah, and I think a lot of I think a lot of the older players too, I mean, it depends on how old you're going. I'm only 32, so I don't feel like I'm that old. But... Nah, it's not that old. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think... Tom I... Brady's 40, so... <laughs> see, man, see, but, um, but I know I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be playing for very much longer, but... Um... But I, I think a lot of the guys too. They're like, like "What is what's left in it for me?" You know, besides yeah. my own pride of wanting to win and help a team win. Like I obviously want to do that, but like, do I want to mm-hmm. risk? Do I want to risk going out there and and breaking an ankle or something? And now I can't go to work and you know pay my bills and all that shit. So it's like a exactly. lot of different things start coming into play. And you'll figure that out once you get older, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and you start feeling you don't recover as fast and. But I mean, I'm very true at um, at believing in you, you. You're as old as you feel, and 100. We got Shane Howe on our team, so we're uh, and he's like we're 57 or something like that. Uh, I think it's like 112 right now, but at you least, know. at least <laughs> he's still he's still going down in bunker and fools, and, and he looks look, like a child. Look bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I swear uh, he's got the Benjamin Button thing going on. Dude, that would be. Yeah, I could believe that. I could believe that. Oh yeah. So, um, so what do you do now for a living? I mean, are you, are you doing, I mean, you gotta be doing something for money. 
Um, it's kind of cool. Uh, I'm, I, I'd consider myself semi-paid to play paintball uh, in a way just because uh, going to all these events, I get pretty much, you know, uh, X deal for things covered and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of just saved up enough money to where I'm just kind of making it float. But I, I used to install um, appliances, like high-end appliances, and I got paid really well through that. My boss was actually used to be on our semi-pro team, so he was always cool with time off. Oh, nice. Um, and then that I've actually been doing... Yeah, it works out perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, but, hey, uh, I got a tournament here, and then, oh, next week I, I got to take this off and everything like that. But uh, with, like I was saying earlier, with traveling so much and doing all that, it's I can't hold a full-time job, so I kind of just do uh, part-time labor things. And I've actually done stained glass uh, for the last 14 years of my life now, so that's yeah. one of the things I fall back on, um, which is kind of cool because it's like, you know, I've already had a career – kind of in a way uh you know up up until my age right now 23 which is relatively young Mm -hmm. um but i've had that full experience of you know starting um something that you know my mom kind of taught me and i learned over time then hating it and then realizing i'm good at it and i can make money from it and so now it's like you know a full circle this whole process where you know there's like a million stained glass artists maybe in the world or something like that so it's kind of one of those traits to where Every city I go to that I've moved to, I could just I kind of just go there, go into the shop and say, "Hey, this is my experience," and they hire me on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pretty much just do stained glass, and that's actually why I'm here up in the Northwest, is because my uh, my mom has some big, big, big ch- church projects. So I kind of just pick up these jobs here and there, and then sell some guns. <laughs> <laughs> that always helps too. Oh yeah. Uh, what? Um, so how does that whole? I mean, I've never seen how stained glass was made or anything i mean what what is it just different colored glass that's like lead spaced out together yeah um pretty much uh so it's like a imagine like an h turn on its side and mm-hmm. then you pretty much build it like lego so the glass goes inside of the channel and then the h connects the glass together and then you pretty much just use this putty which is like a mud cement kind of thing and fill it in and clean it up um but you know, that's like the simple way to put it. But yeah, it's it's a lot of people think it's kind of like painted glass, mm-hmm. which is a whole different thing. Painted glass is like a couple thousand dollars a square foot where stained glass is, you know, a couple hundred dollars a square foot, depending on who's building it and everything like that. Yeah. But it's 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 really cool because, you know, it's a lot of hands on. So um, that's kind of how I like being and learning and everything is more hands on building, being crafty and kind of thing like that. Yeah. So it's I mean. So when you build it, mm-hmm. it's you're obviously probably doing it flat, right, on a on a table and and building it that way. Mm-hmm. How do you transfer that? Like, is it is it that oh, yeah. structurally sound to where you can move it, or? So that's where that's where the experience comes in for uh, over the years. You figure out how to properly design things and how the physics of glass works um, with you know obviously gravity and everything, but with uh, stress points. Mm-hmm. So then you have to, you know, someone came in with like a, a basic picture they wanted of like a house and like a city view. You would have to redesign the whole picture into um, corrective lines that don't create any kind of fracture point in any of the glass when you do move it. Um, and that's where when you're building it, you use different sizes of lead. And sometimes you can use like zinc, some other some other metals to reinforce the structure. Mm-hmm. Um but as you don't have to necessarily worry about structure until you get over uh, like 
three foot by three foot. After there, it starts getting really, really heavy. And that's where you got to start reinforcing it with certain types of rebar um, if you're trying to go that route mm-hmm. or kind of double double strengthen the lead. There's some stuff you can put inside of the channels that, that's like a copper uh, a copper piping kind of thing, which will help structure the window. And then you got to know how to you got to know how to manhandle it and flip it properly with some boards and stuff to get it back upright. And then then you got to like finesse finesse hold it so it doesn't crack. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> That is not stressful. Oh, oh, I bet. Oh yeah. yeah. I've never made stained glass, but I've always wanted to blow glass. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I want to do too. Oh my God. There was a, um, a oh, man, probably about like when five, six years ago, there was an opportunity to, for me to go, uh, do some blown glass classes at the art museum here. And, gotcha. um, I literally, as soon as I called, they had just filled the class and I was like, Oh, this is something oh. that I've like always wanted to do. And then I just never had the time to do it again. But we mm-hmm. have this huge glass pavilion, um, kind of, uh, art thing outside of the art museum. And, uh, mm-hmm. we're also known as the glass city, which I think of, I don't know if you ever heard of Libby glass. Libby. I don't think so. But I don't think anybody has, I don't know why we call it <laughs> glass city, but, uh, but we make a bunch of like wine glasses and shit here in Toledo. But uh, gotcha. But there's a bunch of artists that donated some pieces to this, and it's it's amazing. I could sit there and just watch, like just somebody just blow glass and how they stretch it, and then seeing the end piece, I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? Like how? Yeah. Could... And the the vision to like, cause when it's hot, it's a completely different look. It's molten, it's red, you know. Mm-hmm. And to actually know what you're doing and all the techniques that how to add the texture and the colors exactly where you want it, it's something all timing. That, yeah, it's and it's ridiculous. Like the skill needed for that, it's it's a dying trait. Mm-hmm. But I think that'd be cool to get to have a job where you just make shit. Like you just oh, yeah. you make shit. I'm sure it's stressful as hell too. But it's like you just make something. You can be proud of it, and somebody else can buy it and appreciate it. I think that mm-hmm. would be. I think it's kind of like the. It's kind of like doing this podcast. It's it's cool to be able to sit down for an hour or two and and chat with somebody about your views, about their life, about everything, and then have somebody else listen to it and then you know message me and be like, "Hey man, I really enjoy the podcast. I I really I really think you you guys have some good insight." And I think this is where the conversation starts right now on on helping grow the league or the sport or, you know, the rights of players. Mm-hmm. It is places like this. Yeah, and I, I fully agree, which it's kind of like a dying trait, which is like all your, all the hands-on crafting and everything like that, you know, mm-hmm. carpentry, uh, metalwork and all that stuff. It's kind of going away, but it's the same thing like where you're talking about the podcast and everything. It's all those things like spark creativity, which is really cool, and it sparks like progression, which is also really cool. Yeah. So I, I fully agree with you there. Yeah, it's um, it's weird though. I mean, the times, the times are definitely crazy because, you know, it's like you were saying like with the wood – uh, with woodcrafting and all this other shit that, that people aren't really doing too much anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's happening, but not on a scale. Less and less. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so much more. The thing is, is like with this laptop that I'm looking at and I'm looking at a picture of you through because I'm talking through this little microphone mm-hmm. and, you know, <laughs> there's so much you can do on this thing where where oh, yeah. I might be doing this podcast, but somebody else is using this to do uh, graphic design and then somebody else is using it to for architecture and then somebody else is just in this one thing. So you have so many people now doing so many different things through this one thing. And Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, and, and it's not it doesn't seem as 
unique and as time consuming, mm-hmm. I guess, as someone would think, like if you're knitting a quilt or something. Yeah, yeah. But because it's all on this one machine, but I mean, I, I can't imagine. Like I'm trying to build a website right now. Like I'm three quarters of the way, maybe not even three quarters, but I'm trying to build a website right now. And it's through Squarespace, and I'm, I'm like stressing out because they're like, "Oh, it's so easy!" Like, yeah, it's it's easy, but because you have it so easy, and there's so many options, I'm pulling my hair out. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so many different things you can do, but I'm slowly. I have like two pages done, and I have probably like five that I want to get. <laughs> so, and I'm trying to get it done before Chicago, but we'll see. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean that's a really good point because the computer's so versatile, so it's like. It's it's less connective. I feel like with hands on, but it's it's almost more hands on. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. It's just it's fucking time consuming, man. <laughs> it, it is, and and even these, like I enjoy them thoroughly, mm-hmm. but but I don't think people realize like how much time that you that we put into this, you know, and being able to put it out, and it's just like you know with with Ronnie doing his uh, his design docs and everything, and yeah. I plan on I plan on starting a vlog hopefully here soon and um but fuck i'm thinking about trying to i don't know if i want to add more sponsors or how i want to go about it because i want to continue doing it but i just have to figure out some kind of way Mm -hmm. to like help kind of balance everything out yeah i quit you for your time yeah and i'm not saying that like i should be getting paid for this But it's it's just like anything, man. It's like if you. I mean, if other people are right, why shouldn't you? Kind of thing. Well, if you feel like you do something well and other people appreciate it, and you even have people saying, "Hey, man, is there any way that I can donate to help out? You know, continue your podcast or continue you doing this or doing that?" It's like, of course, I would want to do that because that's mm-hmm. that's working towards your goal of eventually getting paid for something you enjoy doing. You know, it's just like the guys that are getting paid to play pro. I mean, you don't want to hate on them because they're getting paid, but it's what I've always wanted to do, you know, and now you get to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, um, what, um, so I want to talk about, uh, talk about DMG a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Was, was Dave the whole kind of creator of that, uh, not necessarily the team, or maybe from the team? I mean, did he, is he the one who kind of wrangled all the guys that you have on the team together? And did he build that up, or how did that happen? Um, so I actually joined probably about like halfway between now and the start of DMG. So my memory on the beginning is all from uh, hearing stories from other people. Mm-hmm. But from what I was told, um, DMG was created through a beginning. Again, a Division 5 team based out of uh, Capital Edge Paintball Park. Mm-hmm. However, Dave, uh, I think, was currently playing for Damage at the time. Um, and I don't know how the merger happened, but somehow they wanted to be a, a competitive team. So they, they hit up Dave and tried to figure out sponsorships and whatnot. Um, so then that, that came over with him. And then I think Dave had the opportunity to get a higher caliber team in, um, semi-pro or whatnot. So then I think he was able to get some of the Northwest guys and then held tryouts and everything. So I think he was like the originator of the team, like the rosters and the core. But I think the name, if I remember right, started with a local group. It was actually when my boss kept told me that's my old boss. Um, he was part of that crew that started the name DMG from what I was told. And then over time, um, 
players have slowly filtered in and out. And I think, uh, I think what Dave created with the mentality behind DMG in the camp, it, it kind of just drew players to the area that were relatively close or wanted to move there. Um, and I think that's kind of how it all started because actually a lot of the uprising guys used to play on SAC DMG when the PSP was around. Oh, really? Um, when, they were, when they were challengers. So that's where um, Tim Brusselback, our snake player, mm-hmm. he moved from Washington uh, just like I did down to SAC. And he came down with Big Nicky and Aaron Ormrod. I'm sure you know uh, both of those guys. Um, and then uh, Graham and a whole bunch of those guys, AO, Nate Schrader, they were all part of like the first team that I think went to challengers for DMG. Um, so I think that's where like the, the initiate or the original like competitive level roster came from was that kind of combination. If that makes sense. I wonder why the, I wonder why they left. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I think, I think Nate and AO or not AO, uh, I think Nate and Alex went to vicious and I think they got money. I don't know that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe it's kind of like once a couple key parts leave, then, you know, the kind of the waters, oh, yeah, oh, up, Uprising, uh, that, that was when the MPPL folded. So Uprising became a team again to compete, I think, for in, in NXL. So then they worked their way up, and I think that's one reason why they all kind of reformed maybe. Gotcha. I'm not positive. But so, it'd be um, interesting, to, interesting to know. <laughs> I should yeah. know this because it's part of the history. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I don't really, I don't dive too much into other teams or anything like that. I just kind of see them mm-hmm. as they come in, and you know, whenever we play them, I try and you know watch and see any kind of like mannerisms or anything like that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but um, what do you think it is that is keeping DMG from kind of making that that next step? Um. I, I personally believe uh, it might be a little cocky, but I think I think we're a top six team. Um, I don't think our record necessarily shows for it. We missed Sunday these last two events by pretty much one point either way, plus or minus in, in margins, mm-hmm. would put us into that 10 spot, which is still not, you know, it's not the greatest spot to be in. You're still fighting for a wild card. Um, but the thing that we're missing right now is a quicker realization of shifting gears mid-match which kind of comes into play of um a coach i I would say um just because it's without having necessarily a set coach we have a a, a, our own system of coaching and calling plays and calling rosters and everything um but without having like you know a dave baines or bruno or rusty glaze or whoever it is right Mm -hmm. Fully leadership calling the shots. I think it just delays us a couple um, minutes, or not necessarily minutes, but moments of decisions. Being, yeah, yeah, exactly. Being able to shift gears and be ahead of them, and not playing their game and, and not playing at their uh, their hand, but playing our hand instead and controlling the pace of the game, which we are good at. and We have glimpses of, but when I go back and analyze um, my team play and the footage that we all. Um, we get now for playing pro, which is really cool. We can go back and watch however they're unfolded. Mm. Um, I, I can trace it down to one single moment where you can see the momentum switch um, or the control uh, switches in the match, but also per point. And then we just don't shift quick enough, and then we run out of time kind of thing. So we're 
a lot of the matches were losing by a point or two. Um, and that's kind of where I'll go back and see some points that like, oh, oh, we should have won. We are up two bodies there. We threw it away because of this. Or Ooh, we, this play, we should have ran that instead. But we weren't necessarily ready for that. Or, oh, look, that guy went there for the third time in a row. We should have picked up on that in the pits kind of thing. Right. So I think once we find our footing like that, I think we're going to be a, a wrecking a wrecking house. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. You guys have the momentum and the, and the, the wind is at your back. So mm-hmm. um, so Dave isn't in your guys' pits every every match? Um, no, actually not. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's when he can be, um, and he's, he wants to be, but I think it's, um, I don't want to speak for him, but I think it's because he can't be there all the time. He doesn't want to just come in and change things, change things up, change, change the system. Um, but anytime he's there, I, I tell him all the time, like, man, anytime you're there, like, give me anything you see, any, anything, any advice you have, like, what do you, what do you think we should do? Cause obviously one of the greatest coaches and players of all time mm-hmm. his knowledge of the game is ridiculous um but no he kind of lets us do our own thing uh, at, at events he gives us more insight um during practice and when, when impact comes out and stuff like that he'll break it down um behind the scenes kind of thing now how often do you guys practice impact uh we play them once uh every layout so every pretty much like layout um release it's either the first weekend or second week and we'll play them which is amazing. Like, shout out to Impact and, and Bart and the whole Yakmac family and Dave for doing what they do because we're extremely fortunate to be in the position we are in. And, you know, it's not going to last forever, but it's definitely one of the variables that helped us get to where we are so quickly and learn so quickly and get that, that knowledge up and being able to kind of break down what they're doing and seeing little moves that they do during practice and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, very very awesome for you know dave to do that for us yeah and i think what makes uh you know what makes a paintball team because i feel like you guys could it it could guy could go one way or another you guys could either play impact and you know take away from that you know watching them and and figuring out your you know having impact figure out your mistakes and Mm -hmm. and learning from those or you could just be completely oblivious of it and and not learn from one of the best teams ever you know so so it 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 says something from you guys being able to take away from practices like that uh i I think regardless of how the practices go because i'm sure there Mm -hmm. were practices where you guys did really well um and then i'm sure there's practices where they did really well and it kind of or there's ones that went back and forth so um what what other team do you guys practice when it's not an impact weekend um, so we're very fortunate to have such an awesome field, um, Dave's Field, Capital Edge Paintball Park, because a lot of teams kind of want to come out, and it's a, it's a cool area. So um, right now we have Scottsdale Elevation coming out, pretty much the same same system as Elevation. They come out um, every week before, um, whether it's it's usually the opposite weekend of Impact. Um, so they're they're a big team. Then we play our semi-pro team. However, I actually want to start trying to incorporate other teams into the mix just to get different looks. Um, and my goal is to get maybe, you know, Dynasty, Ironman, Uprising, or Thunder, obviously, because they're all on the West Coast. Right. Uh, it's a little easier to do that just because DMG's budget can't account to, you know, fly in another team or whatnot. Um, so we have practiced Thunder before a couple times. Uh, I think Uprising's came down once or twice. Um, and I think Ironman's come up once, once or twice, at least since I've been here. 
Um, other than that, we just kind of play our camp and play pretty much just try to learn ourselves like you touched on with impact. Um, being fully aware of the moment kind of thing where I, that's why I, that's why I'm so hard on my guys is, is I don't want us to just show up and, you know, just show up. I want us to fully appreciate what we have and use it to our advantage because no one else is getting this right now. And, um, the opportunities are literally in front of us. So mm. I want everyone to be aware of the time we have because it's, it's literally just, it's less than a work day. You know, it's less than eight hours. Maybe it's eight hours. Yeah. It's not that hard to be that focused and aware of what you're trying to do. Um, so that's one thing we actually did is we set up some cameras around for practice so we can go back and after that day of play, we can go back and watch footage and go, hey, you know, you said you were talking here, you know, oh, but the camera says this, we, we need to work on that or, you know, why do we do, why did we do this breakout here or we should counter this way or whatnot. So, and it's cool to see everyone buy into it. I mean, you, you have to. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you want to win, if you want to be able to compete 100%. on Sunday, you, you have to take whatever steps necessary it is, uh, you know, to be competitive. And, and that's what it takes. So you guys, you guys never travel anywhere to practice. It's always everybody wants to come out to Capital Edge. Yeah, we're a little spoiled like that. <laughs> That's kind of like the running uh, running joke in our uh, chat is ah this so and so wants to practice and it's like uh are they gonna are they gonna come out to us or do we have to go there and it's like ah I don't know I don't know if I want to go there and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um, right now we're very fortunate for getting people to come out to us um, but it's not gonna be like that forever I know that yeah. um, but one of the bigger things of why we we try to get teams to us is just because since we have a uh, a team in every division it allows our, our community to, to grow a little quicker because they can see a whole different uh not a whole different but a, bi- a different style of play mm-hmm. um and they can sit there and watch and sometimes we will even give like the division three division two uh and our semi-pro team spins against the the opponents as long as they're uh accepting of it if that makes sense yeah absolutely i mean do you see the um is the sacramento paintball scene growing hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's getting more, um, I guess unified a little bit, you know, there's a lot of other really good teams around, uh, the area, but, um, I think like, uh, NorCal infamous and, uh, excessive, they're really good programs as well. And we try to work with them, um, on scrimmage days and everything for the lower divisions, but yeah. we have seen a lot of players that used to play for them or used to play for old teams back in the day and everything and, uh, start coming out of the woodworks and, want to be a part of dmg because they kind of understand where it's going and that's one reason why one reason why we are so strict on the whole don't import players because we want to have that foundation of no like this is literally a farm team what you wherever you want to go with this in your dream you can take it as long as you're willing to put in the work and make the sacrifices necessary but it's cool to see the community grow in that way um and as as the community grows the field grows which is even better yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, definitely being an hour away from each other uh, helps mm-hmm. for sure. Because I know aftershock, I'm like four hours away from Chicago. We have um, a few other players from St. Louis. Um, oh wow! We have a player from Wisconsin. So it's like it's it's kind of spread out, and I mean, it's just kind of it is what it is at the moment. And I know that you know mm-hmm. a lot, but a lot of other teams out there have guys who see each other on a regular basis and they practice with each other on a regular basis and i think that's one thing of aftershock that's killing us right now is we just can't i don't want to say dedication because everybody has something going on in their life but i think it makes it i think it makes it that much harder when you're multiple hours away from 
from whatever from from the field or from the guys themselves and it's just you know makes it tough going to practice and then even if you just want to get together just to do something like say you just mm-hmm. hey man every, the whole team's coming out we're all going to dinner we're all going to see a movie like it's it's hard to do that just on a whim on a, with a team like us oh 100 percent. that just creates more variables for you guys you know like it's you know we have to jump over two hurdles but you guys have to jump over five it's a whole different whole different ballpark it, it kind of makes that dedication level even even greater because if you want to do all those things you got to sacrifice way more than the teams that are so close together you know yeah and that's and that's one reason why i harp on my guys like look we have we have all this in front of us you know we got to take advantage of this right now you know like it's this is just like it's gold right now not a lot of teams can you know you know we, we need to appreciate it more just because like you're saying there's a lot of teams that can't necessarily do what we're doing right now yeah, which it, is good. it's unfortunate I'm glad you can see it I mean, that's the yeah. thing is I'm glad you can see it. And I'm not trying to, like, have sympathy or anything like that of, of you know, saying, it's just oh, the truth. After yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I love paintball, but mm-hmm. I just can't be in Chicago every single practice, every single weekend and and, and play paintball. Every... Hell, for me, the nearest yeah. paintball field is, like, two and a half, three hours away. Oof. For, for yeah. me. And to be able, you know, and, and to be able to, like, say, you know, Hey, honey, take our son. I'm going to play paintball for the weekend. It's getting mm-hmm. harder and harder to say, um, you know, the the older I get and the older he gets. I mean, because the more time I want to spend with him, and you know, when you have kids, eventually one day, if that ever happens, like you'll mm-hmm. you'll understand. A lot of the older guys in the league are starting to have kids, and there's you know, and you'll see a lot of the guys that are sticking around who who have kids. I think are are working in the in the league or working in the uh, in the industry in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just like, like I think who was it who were so B shorts retiring this year? I know Skemp, yep. Skemp retired at the beginning of the year. Uh, it's it's tough. I'm sure because, a couple more are gonna kind of come out of the woodworks in this season too. Absolutely. Who knows? Well, and those guys are still young. I mean, they're still in their, they're still ballers, man. Yeah. And there's something something's going on. I mean, I think that's that's the truth and where something has to change if they want guys to stick around for as long as we have Mm -hmm. um at least so i don't know we'll see man we will see so what's uh i I hope so (laughs) so what's on uh what's on your mind where where do you see where do you see paintball going or um or where would you like to see the direction of paintball go um hmm i mean i think we touched a little bit on it um I would like to see everyone just be able to commit more time so it gets more competitive. Um, it would be cool to take venues to like city locations, so maybe like a park within the city or something, so it's more mm-hmm. exposure. Um, like I'm not sure how the logistics. Yeah, yeah, because it's cool. Like we're going to all these cool places and everything, and like the the cities are all awesome. Like uh, Atlantic City's location is great. Atlantic City in general. Not so great. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, which is still it's still fine, but um, like I like the whole Europe thing where they'll pick a, a really cool city and try to just go as close as they can to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like I don't, I feel like I don't know enough about uh, inside of the industry to kind of have the best knowledge of like the five year plan for NXL. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, I would love to be able to do this for the next like 20 years and not have to worry about 
man, I need to go to school because I need to get a real job. I need to go figure out, you know, I need to create a business or I need to do something so I can start planning for my future and, you know, start paying all the bills and insurances and all these kind of different things and, you know, have the freedom to maybe, you know, start a family down the road and all these other things. Um, So, I mean, I don't know the answers to, you know, how to get to that end goal, but I feel like I've seen some of like the little things that NXL is doing um, and I don't know enough behind the scenes to really judge necessarily, but yeah. um, I feel like they have the right mind. I just don't know where the money is going to come from, which is probably the biggest issue. I think would, uh, would you like to see more like a longer season in the sense of, of more tournaments? Oh yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, that would be awesome actually is if we could create a system of uh, East West or something like that and then break down, uh, like kind of like the NFL does where each, you know, grouping of player or of teams is in a certain division and you play, you know, 10, 10 matches a year or 20 matches a year. I think that'd be really cool, but I think, I don't know how, I don't know if they'd have to like have a huge amount of money to build private fields. So then it's like, okay, this is like the, this is your stadium kind of thing, which then you're talking like, okay, now, now you can start advertising like arena football where, hey, you know, 10 bucks, you know, come watch paintball, have a good night, drink, have a good time. It's kind of a social thing. Right. Instead of like, oh, $300 for a 49ers ticket, you know. It's more of a small little, uh, you know, date night kind of thing, which right. would be really cool. And then I think, I mean, I, I agree 100% where the, the same idea of the more points you play in a match, the better team's going to win. So I feel like mm-hmm. the more matches you play in a season – you know, the Super Bowl, you know, the best teams are going to be in the Super Bowl. So it'd be cool to kind of follow the same structure as maybe NFL, just because I don't see paintball playing 100 matches like baseball or basketball, but mm-hmm. maybe like 30, 30, like, you know, games and then have a playoff structure um, to go to kind of like a Super Bowl and only X number of players or X number of teams get to play in the playoffs and everything like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that should all you know, you should have to, uh, oh, what, what's the word? Qualify for World mm-hmm. Cup. 100%. And then World 100%. Cup is just the top, you know, top 10 teams or, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, know? yeah. And, and now it's like the best of the best. The true best of the best of the season are playing, you know. And um, I think it might, I mean, it might come to that. It, there, there might be something like that. I'm hoping. I definitely think it could, but I think it's, uh, I think like to get there is like a seven year plan or something. It's something that like, I feel like the average player doesn't, you know, doesn't see it. And they're just like, Oh, I should be like that tomorrow. Or Mm -hmm. I know like most of the stuff people, I don't, I don't read too much on the internet, but most of the stuff people like do talk about and and complain about It's like, man, you guys don't really know much about the industry. You don't know much about the, the behind the scenes version of the bills they got to pay and everything like that. Neither do I, but you're complaining about things that you want to see next month where they're trying to look at like five years down the road. Hopefully they are, you know, I think, I think they're always on a two year plan. I think paintball itself, competitive paintball uh, at the tournament level is like on a two year plan. I feel like two years comes around and everything like shit changes, whether it be the rules or the bunkers or, you know, whatever. I guess that's really the only two things. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I would I'd, like to see no locations. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like uh, maybe have like the opening and the, and obviously World Cup stays the same for – obviously World Cup stays the same pretty much the whole time. But 
maybe the opening stays the same for like three years, but then the middle three always change every year. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I think, what about this? I know World Cup is always in Florida. Mm -hmm. It's always, well, right now it's always been at the, um, what is the, the, the flight? Disneyland or, yeah, yeah, flight of flight. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they would ever think about changing it to a bigger venue where there would be a lot of foot traffic because where it is now there i don't think i still don't think there's very much foot traffic i think there's just a lot of fucking people there because there's a lot of players that come to world cup to that specific Mm -hmm. spot and i think now it's it's just kind of become this thing where it's just always going to happen here it's they got Mm -hmm. a good spot it's always going to happen you know there is some traffic that goes by I, i i would like to see how many people come in who have no uh, they have no ties to anything to the sport itself. Like it's a true, just walk in and see exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to know those numbers, but but I wonder if they would ever do like a World Cup in a closer venue to like let's say the Vegas Strip or mm-hmm. to you know in New York in a, in a in cent- not Central Park, but I mean like some kind of yeah something like that to where it's like it's this big huge event and then this this big huge event you know attracts thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of of players Mm -hmm. where maybe hundreds or even just thousands of eyeballs could see that and see how big it really is without having to log on to go sports or whatever but it's in people's faces and it's in a big city to where we get enough people going oh wow this is so cool and now you have the grandstand slowly filling up because i feel like i mean what it is now it's always been the, the grandstands are they're, they're nothing what they used to be, you know? And I, I think if we can grow that without having, you know, the players themselves fill those stands, but slowly have, have true fans eventually kind of fill those stands, I think would, would be really, really cool to see. So yeah, I fully agree. Cause uh, I actually saw this video my buddy posted uh, in the DMG camp and I shared it. It's a, uh, it was like a now this or something, some kind of like promotion little you know, 30 second to one minute video, um, about like professional paintball and kind of explained the breakdown and it was a lot of footage from this year. Um, but that video alone had a million hits, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like people are attracted to like the concept of paintball, but like you said, there's no, that, that middle connection chain isn't there. Um, but I think the issue they're having with that is paintball right now with the venues we're having are too big. So, if, we, if they wanted to go inside of a city or relatively close to the city, um, more specifically, I guess, like in a bigger area, they would, I think they have to shrink the venue, which is then turning away players and money um, just because I think they would need maybe two fields at maximum just because yeah. if they were trying to go somewhere with a lot of foot traffic, it's, everything's tight, tight spaces. Um, I think there should be an all-pro league. That, that's I, I fully agree. I think um, it should be kind of like how – uh, what is it? Soccer in the U.S. Mm-hmm. will has has like you know everyone has the big stadiums, but then there's like giant fields of ten soccer fields or whatever. And, you yeah. know, every Saturday or Wednesday there's you know thirty soccer teams out just playing, and then you know over time you qualify for your league and everything like that. That'd be I think that'd be a really cool thing to see because then it would like you know the first step would get to like the arena football level of of uh, viewership, and then it's like gain some more traction, gain some more traction, you know, become, you know, volleyball or, or a close to golfish level. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 
down the road become NBA, NFL, whatever it is. But we can only hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, man, I'll, Thomas, I I appreciate you sitting down with me, man. I I, I really oh, yeah. do. Thank you uh, for your time. Um, I really enjoyed Thanks the conversation. I, I'm stoked at having new players on and and getting to know people and kind of seeing where um, where everybody's heads at. You know, not only on the playing level, but also kind of you know, talking, being able to openly talk about the industry, not necessarily bashing anything, but just kind of like seeing where people's heads are at, where what what we think they can do better, what we can do. Um, you know, maybe doesn't really need too much attention in it, but it's it's really cool to see, you know, your your take on things. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's been a pleasure, of mine. It, I've always actually since you started doing this, I was always like, man, I want to get on there. I want to. I want to. <laughs> I want to start having conversations about, you know, like you're saying, all the positives of paintball and everything like that. So I uh, thank you. You know, I, I appreciate what you're doing because it kind of just it, it's that it's that spark, that hands on thing we were talking about, how it just sparks kids interest in playing paintball and everything, too. So you're doing okay, a lot of good you. stuff in the sport. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. My ears are ringing. And I just I had it. I had some kind of like instinctual thing to be like, dude, I got to get them on. Yeah, I got to get them on. Where, uh, uh, yeah. where can people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Thomas Kim 9 and then I'm on Facebook just Thomas Kim. Um, pretty much that's that's all I'm doing right now. I kind of want to start doing some other uh, little visually visual things. Maybe like, I don't think I'm gonna do a vlog, but I want to do something like that um, down the road. But Instagram is pretty much where people will find me. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Dave Baines though in Capital Edge Paintball Park, um, and obviously all all my sponsors too: Planet Clips, GI Sports, Anthrax, um, and then. Mom, I love you. You're a uh, best supporter and uh, my brother. So, Awesome. I'm glad they listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. They'll, uh, they'll, <laughs> they'll for sure hear this one. Absolutely. They'll, That's they'll awesome, man. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, man, and um, and safe travels, and I'm, I'll, I'll see you at the next event. Appreciate it. You too. Take care, bud. Later. Thank you, Thomas Kim. I had a great time, man. It was great to hear your story. And I wish you the best of luck, dude. Uh, you guys have a lot going for you. You have a, 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 a super experienced coach. And you guys practice the best team in the world. Please, please keep taking advantage of it. And, uh, and keep getting better, man. Uh, paintball is a challenge. Uh, especially, you know, not just physically challenging on the field. But, but you know, finding a paintball field. Finding a good paintball field. Uh, practicing on a daily basis and really putting in the effort that's what makes it uh, you know that's half the battle is getting to the field and having a field so um, take it keep taking advantage of what you have and uh, you know make it worth your while for sure thanks again Thomas and uh, another big thank you to all of our sponsors punisherspb.com like I said before guys they have that Spire 3 trade-in program going on to where if you send them pictures of lo what loader you have now they will credit you, uh, if you send it to them, they will credit you towards a brand new Spire 3. And if you use the promo code TPOP, you will get free shipping on your entire order. So make sure you check them out, PunishersPB.com. Also brought to you by Charm City Paintball, uh, head game master Mike Thompson. That's going to be his nickname, head game master. <laughs> but uh, you can check them out, Instagram. Uh, Charm City Paintball, same thing over on Facebook, but he has all kinds of custom uh, custom units. I, I call them custom units because all of his runs are about 10 or less, so uh, they're really, they're not mass run.
product. This stuff is hand-stitched, Mike does everything, and it's, it's all high quality. It's amazing. He has ripstop fabric, he has the old school like canvas fabric. He has all kinds of stuff. Mike does a great job, man. He's a good dude. Check him out, Charm City Paintball. We are also brought to you by Carbon Paintball. Like I said, guys, if you want to use the promo code capital TPOP, you will get 10% off. And if you have any inquiries about team sponsorship or, um, you know, about anything really, shoot me a message over at uh, over at Car- Carl at CarbonPaintball.com. And let's chat. Let's do it. Let's get it on. And last, we are brought to you by Planet Eclipse. You guys know the you guys know who they are, and they are the best marker makers in the planet. Marker makers. <laughs> uh, we um we've had a relationship for a long time, and the company uh, the company products are not only amazing, but the people who work there are as well. Um, great group of people and great group of products, and I, I can't be uh, I can't be happier with uh, with saying that I've been with them for a long time and. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. And um, yeah, so thank you very much to Planet Eclipse. And thank you everyone out there uh, listening or watching or whatever you're doing. Greatly appreciate all of you. Uh, you know, I have a, a website, carlmarkowski.com, that is hopefully going to be up soon. I'm kind of sort of doing it myself, so it's taking a little bit. But I promise I have, uh, I have um, some stuff going up there. I'm kind of cutting some of my social media stuff down. Um, so that I can focus on a few little things, and, and this website is going to be one of them. Uh, I, I think I just don't like being spread too thin so much. Um, not only do I have a terrible memory and attention span, but no, that's about it. I have I have terrible attention span and uh, memory, so uh, so that's why I'm making this website. So you guys can contact me through there or through my social media. I'll probably be eventually going down to just Instagram. Um, I mean, right now I have the Facebooks and everything, but, um, but I, it's just, I'm, I'm trying to consolidate everything to be able to, you know, talk more one-on-one with you guys and have more of a, a relationship that way. And hopefully, uh, maybe get doing these vlogs. I have a vlog going, I'm going to do this weekend for a practice, uh, on Sunday. I'm going to, we're going to be at Chicago, uh, Aftershock is going to be at Paintball Plex over in Indiana. So I'm going to try and vlog that and, um try and get into that realm so we'll see how that works but but again thank you all for listening i greatly appreciate it i I greatly appreciate it and the love that is going out to uh that that i hear that i get messages from it's amazing i'm going to keep doing this for as long as i can for as long as i have my voice and my opinions and that's great and i i know sometimes i ramble on these things but uh just you know just like i'm doing now but I, I, it's passionate for me, man. You know, paintball itself is something that has really structured my life and kind of structured my character and who I am. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I want to see change come of it. I want to see players be able to make a living and have something come out of all of this time and effort. You know, it, it's not just... It shouldn't be just the ones that get lucky enough to play for those, uh, you know, those few top teams that that get paid. It should be everybody. I mean, everybody at the top levels is sacrificing so much, and there should be some kind of incentive when you when you turn pro. You've made another step in a sport where there is very few pay, playing at the top level, and if 
I, I feel like there should be some kind of incentive that and, and definitely more than just a $12,000 first place prize or um, you know or just saying that you play for a pro team there, there should be something else coming from it I don't know how much or, or what or you know maybe I'm just kind of talking out of my ass but uh, but I feel like the pro players uh, are very deserving of that and, and I'm not just talking for myself I'm talking for you know the guys like on Sacramento or DMG who are putting in the work or, or any team out there who have young players or old players who have doing this for a while I feel like uh, I feel like their time effort sweat and tears needs to be compensated uh, in some way so who knows we'll see uh, there's there's definitely some things in the works so keep an eye out and once again thank you all for listening and we will hopefully see you here again soon on the playing on podcast peace